every single day is new and you cannot carry yesterday, both the bad and the good into today. And you just have to like wake up and be like, literally every single day, it is a brand new day. I learned from yesterday. I've loved, I've lost, I've whatever from yesterday, but I'm still here. amigos welcome back to another episode of the journey of pursuit podcast today's guest is joanna b voss she is a talent manager trusted by social media influencers who want clarity on how to build their brands grow their businesses earn their worth and plan strategically for the future on behalf of her clients she's closed over four million dollars of brand deals partnerships and speaking engagements her clients have partnered with brands such as kroger walmart little northern bakehouse h&r block and aldi negotiate is something she thoroughly enjoys, be it for her clients, friends, or with strangers. Entering her 13th year of working for herself, she understands all about the necessary pivots entrepreneurs take along their journey. As you're going to hear at the beginning of this episode, Joanna actually cold DM'd me with a pitch to be on the podcast and we had a Zoom call and she gave me her pitch. She said that she really wanted to talk about creativity in her workspace and how creativity can live in many forms. And I really loved that, not only because I totally agree creativity can be in any form, but also because you could tell that she knows what she's doing as a talent manager that does this for a living. She was so good at giving me the why, the reason she's a fit for my show. I wanted to include that in this episode because if you yourself as a creative, as an artist, as an entrepreneur are ever pitching yourself to a show, it is so important to know what the show is about. I get so many emails of people pitching themselves for the show or pitching someone that they're representing for the show and they don't know what my show is about. And so it's kind of an awkward situation where I don't know how to tell them that although it would be great to connect just because I love connecting with entrepreneurs and love connecting with other creatives, sometimes I don't even know what that person really would come and say on my show. So it's such a weird thing. And so if you know what the show is about, if you know what you can bring to the show, the value you have as a creative, as an, as an entrepreneur, then that's so much easier for the host or the person that is doing the bookings to know whether you are a fit or not or whether you're going to have a great conversation or not. It does take a little time and a little research, but it can go such a long way if you actually know how to pitch yourself at an angle that gives the person the reason why you're a fit and a value for them and their show. As a host, I can immediately tell when someone doesn't know anything about my show and when someone has taken the time to read the bio or to do some research on me or listen to some of the episodes we've already done. So when Joanna pitched me, I love that she gave me an angle of why she wanted to talk about creativity being a talent manager because she sometimes thinks that people think that that might not be creative, but she wanted to say why and I loved that and so I said, let's give it a go. Let's record a podcast and I also love that this show is actually a little bit different than the past shows we've done. It ended up being a little shorter just because there was a little connection problem with the internet, but also I asked her some different questions at the end that I think you guys will really enjoy. So without further ado, please welcome Joanna to the podcast. Hello, Joanna. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Joanna. I am here in lovely Denver. I'm a Pisces talent manager. I do love long walks on the beach, even though I live in Denver. I am from the East Coast and from New England originally. I'm constantly reading. Very active. I love biking, road riding, mountain biking, running, walking. I took up skate skiing a couple years ago, which is 
Nordic skiing. So not cross country like this, but you're, it's like rollerblades, but with skis, it's the most cardio intense thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I'm obsessed with it. I like to joke that I'm like training to go to the Olympics, which is very not happening, obviously, but I love it. So yeah, anything outdoors, anything active, anything with friends and family, throw a book and like a good cup of coffee in there. And I'm pretty much a happy camper. That's awesome. I love that. We definitely have that in common. I'm such a bookworm as well. So I'm excited to ask you some questions at the end that I have planned for you to share with the audience about books. So we'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that. But I quickly wanted to let my listeners know a little bit about how we even connected. So Joanna actually cold DM'd me. She just reached out. She slid into my DMs and she was like, hey, Drea. (laughs) And something we bonded about because we did have an intro call. I wanted to get to know a little bit about what she wanted to talk about on the podcast and stuff like that. And something I had mentioned to you was how grateful I was for the way that you went about it. And that's something really important to talk about because with creativity and creatives, I think sometimes we forget that there are other creatives that are really dedicated to what they do. And when someone comes in and says, I want to be a part of it, but they have no idea what that thing is, it gets, it's just so hard to connect And I really appreciated the way that Joanna reached out where she was basically like, hey, I've listened to your show. I know we have this friend or person that we follow in common. And I think that I could really bring something to the show. So what do you think? And I think that was such a much better way to go about it than some emails I receive sometimes of people being like, hey, I have a book coming out. I need exposure. That's not what my show is about. Or there's a lot of agents now that do that for artists or podcasters and they do that for each other and so that's also really odd when the person doesn't actually know what my show is about so I wanted you to talk a little bit about because your world like what you do on a day-to-day is very similar to what I'm talking about you do that for brands and for companies and stuff like that what are your thoughts on that yeah so I thank you for a obviously responding to my dm and even I love that it Not, oh, I love that it worked, mission accomplished, but just, I love that it resonated and clicked because it was very intentional. I'm a talent manager, which means my clients are all social media influencers and I pitch, I negotiate, I do all the brand negotiations, project management, the negotiation of the contract, the agreement, the scope, and I'm the one who interfaces back and forth with brands. So I sit in the middle of a couple different ways that pitching happens. A, I do some pitching two brands on behalf of my clients. Very, I think of it more of just like planting seeds, but just that sort of, hey, I'm trying to put someone on your radar who could be a a good brand partner. Conversely, I am pitched all week, every day by people who want managers. So people are always sliding into my DMs, more on Instagram than email, but every once in a while I'll get someone who pops into my email. And I have a lot of really good friends on the brand and agency side who receive the pitches both from managers and influencers. So I'm like very sensitive to how poorly people do it because basically it is just like verbal diarrhea where it's, here's me, here's all about me. Here's why I'm the best brand partner. Here's why you need to hire me. It's all me, 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 the person who's reaching out. And what I always tell people when they're pitching is you have to put yourself into the person who's receiving the email. Would you want to receive this email? What would you do if you got this email? You'd be like, oh my God, it's because you have to remember agencies are getting hundreds, depending on the place, but like 10, hundreds, thousands of these. So 
when I reached out to you, it's like, I can see, I can see how I can fit in. I can see part of the conversation that I would love to have. Like the fact that it was about creativity totally hooked me, which I know we're going to talk about. And I wanted to chat about my angle to it, but I'm also just, I know you get pitched a lot and like, you've got your, your episodes for your season all figured out. So if it works for you, great. If not, like, that's okay. And maybe we'll come back like next season. So I always, that's like the thing is people just verbal diarrhea. And I'm always like, put yourself in the recipient's shoes. What do you want to know? What would be helpful? Don't make it all about you, but like, why would it help the brand? Hey, these are the eyeballs that I bring as a brand partner. Here's a creative way I have to integrate the product. Here's an interesting perspective. I'd love to add to your conversation, you know, things like that. But that's what I always, and also just ask if the person's even open to receiving the pitch. Cause sometimes they're like, yeah, no, I mean, I have to podcast. Thanks. We've already filled for the season. I'm like, okay, cool. Save me the time. Yeah. I, and something else we bonded about, which I want to go into now is the fact that creativity, everyone has creativity, no matter what your profession is, no matter where you live, no matter what you look like, no matter where you're from, you are creative. And I say this all the time because in the podcast, we're always talking about that, right? We're always talking about the big idea you have or how you took the small steps to get to where you wanted to be. And all of that takes creativity. Like it takes planning and dedication for sure, logistics and strategy and all of that. But without all of that, you like you also need creativity to go along with that. So can you talk a little bit about with what you do as a talent manager and with your clients and brands and stuff, how you bring in creativity to that? Yes. As a talent manager, I have to be very creative sometimes when negotiating agreements, we are at an impasse or just yesterday, I had to come over for a client of mine from a brand and what the woman had emailed me at scope of work like a couple of weeks ago, left off a very important detail, which she just forgot that she did it. Like she didn't even realize it. And so I edited the agreement because I was like, okay, here's the scope of work. Here's the requested set of deliverables for my client. So let me just match the agreement so that they align. And she was like, oh my God, I completely forgot these five other posts, which was like one or two little things. And so I had to get creative because we'd already agreed on the price. And so that I know there was not like budget wiggle room. I know that her client really expected and wanted the thing, right? Cause she was the spokesperson. She was the middle person and communicator for the brand. And so it was like, oh, this is a tricky spot to be in because we don't really want to do more work because we've already agreed on the budget and, but don't want to lose the partnership got to keep my client happy because she's doing all this work for a certain rate, and you're adding on more work. And then like, you're not getting more money is always a hard conversation with a client. And I had to be creative and say, I had to like literally just look at my computer screen and kind of stare at it and think, okay, we've got, she's over here. We're over here. Like where's the happy medium. And so getting creative about, we can be flexible and do maybe two to three posts instead of the five. Like we're happy to acquiesce and find that happy medium. Those are the kind of ways that I'm creative all the time around is lovely and delightful to work with, but maybe for them, the brand partner is just very tricky and cumbersome and a pain in the butt. Sometimes that person, I will have to put our heads together to be like, okay, 
what's your client willing to give? I know what my client's willing to do. So we'll, we'll literally have to be creative to either rework agreements or rework the scope, find ways to like keep their client happy and my client happy. Happens all the time. I have to get creative with language sometimes when maybe someone has overstepped boundaries and I have to very nicely be firm and push back or point out this is the second conversation. You see those memes about, as per my last email, it's like, I have to get creative sometimes about writing professional and polite and respectful emails because I'm always representing my clients and like we're in a professional space, but I have to get creative sometimes with words to maybe dance around what I want to say, but be firm and get to the point. If they're like, whenever those hard conversations need to be had, I have to sit with my clients sometimes and get creative on maybe they have We've all agreed to what the project is. And then like right before the client, my client's supposed to film the campaign or something. They'll be like, oh, we really want to make sure that you hold the product facing forward or something. You're like, oh, this is like awkward and not organic and the talent would never do it. So sometimes we have to get creative about how to like, okay, let's integrate the product in a way that fits the brief, but like still is true to the talent's brand and platforms and content, stuff like that. Did you always know you wanted to be a talent manager or no. how did you oh get God. into this? No, now I love it. And I'm like a hundred percent. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It's gosh. So it's been 13 years. I think that I've been working for myself, which alone is a lot of creativity about how to pay the bills. <laughs> That's one fantastic way of being creative. I started as a nutrition coach. I was actually living in Barcelona. I had just finished a trip around the world and basically wanted to use my brain and needed to make money. So started a nutrition coaching business, lined up all my friends on Saturdays at my friend's house who had like better Wi-Fi, and I would just Skype coach all of them. That transitioned into doing more operations and strategy. Just I'm really good at behind the scenes stuff with business. And most people who start a business want to do the art of it and not necessarily the business side of it. It's not always the most creative space for people, especially like artists or service-based people. And so I was just doing that on the side because I was running my business really well. So people would see it and ask me for advice and opinions and just help with stuff. And then a few years into being a nutrition coach, I actually pivoted and I was like, why don't I talk about operations and strategy? Because it's super fun. It paid more. I was actually doing it more than the nutrition stuff, but it was all behind the scenes. So I thought, again, let's just get creative about how we pitch ourselves and like how we present our business. Didn't realize then that it was being creative, but because it was more just like thinking about growing my business and just continuing to look at what I did well and what I get asked for a lot, which I know is something people talk about when it's like you're trying to start a business. It's what is the strength that people always ask you to do. So I was very much in that space and did operations and strategy. Like literally nothing changed except for my website. It just looked different, forward facing and did a lot of that. Loved it. I was kind of like an outsourced COO for a number of small businesses, mostly like female solopreneurs. And this one woman, Lorraine, brought me in to do a strategy session with her. This was 2017. She, we just had our, what, six year anniversary because we first talked on March 8th, which is my birthday. So it's the only reason I happen to remember that. And she brought me down to just do a strategy session with her. Like she's been doing this for a very long time, super successful successful, but was just like wanting another set of eyes and ears on the business and was down there for a couple of days, 
learned all about influencer things, like didn't really know anything about the space. Her and I got along so well. I swear we've known each other in a past life because we're just, we're just so connected. And so when I left, she asked me to be her manager. And basically I trusted my gut. I had no idea what it meant. Influencers and talent managers were not as like everywhere as they seem to be now. I was just like, whatever, I'll figure it out. I'm smart. I love being resourceful. I love learning new stuff. And we just got along so well. And so I was doing that on the side. And then a couple of years into that, it kept growing and growing through word of mouth. And then I just decided, let me quit the operations and strategy stuff. Cause this is actually just like super fun. And I love my clients so much. We just have like a grand old time. Let me see what'll happen if I do it full time. And that was probably four or five years ago. And yeah, I haven't looked back and like totally love it. Wow. I love that because we talk a lot about taking one step at a time. And usually it's like a messy step. It's like messy action. And then it unfolds to show you if it's like a good thing or a bad thing, if you like it, or if you don't like it. So it's really telling because I feel like you started with something and showed you something else. And then you took the leap of faith with that thing that you were like, actually, I kind of like this better. And now you're here 13 years later. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for sure, it was a leap of faith. Like the whole thing has been a massive leap of faith. But there's also a strong argument, though. And this is like advice that I always say to people that are interested in being an entrepreneur. Follow the breadcrumbs. Like it wasn't, you could argue it wasn't a leap of faith because I already had people. I wasn't an intuition coach. And I'm like, oh, I want to do operations and strategy. And I just went for it. I already had work and requests. And it was more of me just being like, oh, wait a second. Let me just pay attention to literally what are people asking me about? And then same thing with the talent management. Again, it was just like, oh, sure. I'll help you. Like, I'll be fun on the side. Again, listening to the breadcrumbs and paying attention to, oh gosh, this is working. Like I'm pretty good at it. Like I'm earning money and I'm having fun. So those seem to be like three good criteria to keep doing something. You mentioned before when we started that you love reading books and I've actually been meaning to ask more of these kinds of questions on the podcast because I'm such a bookworm and I know that a lot of books have helped me personally, mentally, physically, emotionally, like in so many different ways, different books that I've always gravitated I've always gravitated towards the more like personal development books and business books, Mm -hmm. but which book would you recommend to someone? What's your favorite book that you say that everyone has to read? Oh gosh. I don't actually know that I have a favorite book that I would say everybody has to read. So you started this question and I I was like trying to think of my answer about, because I thought I would go, what's my recommended business book. I do think one that was very beneficial, which was the Firestarter Sessions by Danielle Laporte, which came out... Thinking, I want to say 2011, 12. No, I had to have been back from my travels. So yeah, maybe 11, 12, somewhere around there, 2011, 2012. It was very feelings oriented. It was very like not the traditional personal self-help, personal growth and development kind of book. It was very much along that line of what are people asking you to do and what do you love doing and what comes naturally to you? And what do you, if you had to get up on a soapbox and talk for an hour, like without any prep and without thinking about it, what could you talk about? What are the things that come to mind? I still think about those questions. And I think it really, it's like book slash workshoppy. Like it's got just a lot of questions woven throughout all the different chapters and content. You could pick it up, do a chapter, put it down. I've actually thought about going back to it now that I'm like solidly in this third chapter of my business, just to revisit some stuff and curious to see as more like a reflection exercise. But I think it's great because it does give people the 
courage, freedom, confidence, whatever the word is to maybe do things an untraditional route. I don't have a business plan. I never got branding. I just figured it out as I went along, which I don't necessarily recommend because now there's a lot of resources out there, but that was how I did it. And it was untraditional. It was unconventional, very different from like sort of East coast. This is how you're supposed to do things like before sitting in a coffee shop was considered totally normal to run a business. So I always felt kind of like the odd person out because I could sit on my sofa, my sweatpants and earn money, which again, is not how you're supposed to do it. So I think Firestarter gives you some of those freedoms to look inward and not necessarily like to everyone else, but just look at yourself and trust that you have the answers and trust your instincts and your creativity. There's a lot of conversations about creativity in there. And I think that was definitely, I know the book is literally called Firestarter, but I honestly think that was like probably where some of this flame, because I'd already been an entrepreneur when I started reading it, but I think it really just, just continued to give me those nudges to keep moving forward. Do you have a morning routine? And if you do, what is it? And if you don't, what's something that you do every day that makes you happy? My morning routine is I'm usually weekdays up at 5.30, working out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go to a lifting class, which I love, 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 love. In the summertime, warmer months, I am running, riding my bike. And even now, actually during a weekday, I'll go off and head off to the mountains and go skate skiing in the morning. So I'm always moving, always text, my parents, my brother, my boyfriend, hello, good morning, how are you? Without fail, like just a little wellness check basically to make sure everyone's waking up in the mornings and that they're all still with us. Drink a ton of water. Before I do anything, I will drink probably 25 to 30 ounces of water. Solid protein breakfast. Yeah, I am one of those like up in the morning, 5.30 to 11 is probably my prime operating time, just like brain functionality. I am on it and so efficient and so productive. I could do three days worth of work every morning in that time period. And then I totally just like dip later in the day where I'm more like, let's go for a walk and chat. My most creative times are in the morning for sure. But yeah, that's my like Monday through Friday morning work, morning routine. I'm such a morning routine person. Like yeah. I, I need my morning routine. I actually feel the difference when I'm either traveling and I don't do it or I'm like in a new place and I don't do it or there's some days where I like either feel not great if I'm sick or something like that but I'm the same way I walk every single morning I meditate every single day I'm also super creative in the morning so it's also great to to know the morning routines of other creatives yeah what does the journey of pursuit mean to you Oh, oh, was not ready for that one. The journey of pursuit it means resetting and being consistent I honestly, truly think the one reason that I am still here 13 years later as an entrepreneur is because I kept showing up when there was nobody on my email list, except for maybe my mom and one aunt before social media. So you're like, I don't know who I'm talking to. I would do programs with two people in it, but they didn't know there was only two people. So I would do it as if there's 10 or give it free to like my friends and clients to participate so they could comment on Facebook groups and in the Facebook group. But that's hard. Most people can't do that. And most people, when I think about who else started as an entrepreneur in the same years in programs that I did, it wears you down. And I honestly think I was just so dang crazy. And I'm just like one of those like obsessive focus people where I'm like, I'm going to do the thing. And then I just do the thing. And I very much have blinders on. Like I don't pick my head up and look. I mean, every once in a while, I'll pick my head up and be like, oh, the only one left here. Oh, I had no idea. That could very, that is very much me. But I just think that consistency because you have to get over those humps. Every single person has those challenges. And 
So consistency, the journey of pursuit. Also, that's where you just practice. That's where you learn. That's where you get better at things. That's where you do things 27 times. And the 28th time you're like, oh, all of a sudden you have this like blinding flash of the obvious, right? Like some epiphany of how to do it better, right? For me, it only comes sometimes with doing it 27 times. And then resetting every single day is new. And you cannot carry yesterday, both the bad and the good into today. And you just have to like wake up and be like, literally every single day, it is a brand new day. I learned from yesterday. I've loved, I've lost, I've whatever from yesterday, but I'm still here. I'm showing up and it's like a brand new slate. And in my world, anything can change with a phone call or an email. And I just have to always remember that. But if you're carrying stuff from before, it blurs your ability to sit and greet the day when you have a new day. So yeah, I would say it's consistency and resetting every single day. I love that because the resetting consistency for sure. But I think the resetting part really aligns with what we say on the show a lot, which is the failure part. Like failing is a part of the journey. I, we've talked about this so many times on the show where it's like, there's so many times that in your journey, you will fall, you will fail. And that's a guarantee, no matter who you are, no matter how successful you are, no, how much, no matter how much money you make or all the hits that you write, whatever it is, you will fail. And it's okay. It's part of the journey. And so I like that you said a reset because it is that same idea of like, you will fall, but you will get back up. And if you keep getting back up and you keep showing up and you keep the consistency, you will get there. Just like you said, it mm-hmm. might take 27 times and then the 28th time you're like, I did it. Awesome. I know totally. now. Totally. I have a really, one of my best friends, Jolene always says, and this is, she has a lot of wise things to say, but this is one of the ones that has stuck with me that I think is very relevant. I didn't change my mind. I got new information and made a new decision because people are like, you said you were going to do it this way. And I'm like, I did, but guess what? Now I know that doesn't work. That platform stopped working. The platform's too expensive. It's no longer free. I got shut out of my access or there's a better one over here or this one I want to support because it's a female person of color, whatever, you know, the reason is. And I feel like it's so applicable to anything in life where we're so boxed in to being like, I can't, but I said, yes, I can't do the thing. I don't want to date this person anymore. I do want to date this person now, or I want to go to school here. I want to move or I don't want to move. Like whatever the bigger, small life, personal, professional decision is, it is so applicable applicable to me. And hearing you talk about failure, I think is so hard because it's such a heavy word, right? Like fail. It's just, I just feel that in my bones. But to me, I'm like, that's just life. Like to your point, you're never going to not get it right the first time. And honestly, I don't really want to, because then what did I learn? I'm like, okay, now I know how to do it. But what if there's a better way? What if there's a different way? What if there's an easier way? What if there's a funner way? What if there's a more efficient way? And that only comes from just like trying and practicing and you're just getting more information, right? That's all it is, just information gathering. And to piggyback on that quote that you said, there's another quote that I always remember and it's, and I've shared it with my community with the quotes of the day emails that I send. And I remember it was like one of the emails that got the most responses because I think it just, it's true for everyone. And I think it really goes with what you said. And it's this quote that goes, you're never starting over, you're starting from experience. And that's so true because there are so many times where you're like, I can't do that anymore, or I can't show my face again, or I can't let people know that I'm changing gears or like doing this or doing that. It's like, you're never starting over. 
you're always starting from experience. You're always starting from where you left off. Like now, so you're just starting from that point of view. You're starting from that place. And I think that's just so important. And I love that you said that because it reminded me of this quote. And I think that they, the both of them are really related. Yeah. And honestly, everyone's looking at you being like, wow, good for her for doing something different or changing her mind or following her heart or seeing the light. No one's looking at you going, oh, she failed because now she decided to go to graduate school over here and not there. They're like, dang, good for you. That's awesome. Jenna, it's been so good having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Loved it. I I do a lot of business type podcasts, which I love because I love talking about my work because so many people are like influencers, talent management, like everybody wants like the scoop on influencers and stuff. But I love this creativity angle. I, I truly just from being a reader, a journaler my whole life, I really love how you approach creativity in our real world, professionally, all that. Thank you. Thanks for reading my DM and getting back to me and then having me on the pod. <laughs> of course. I'm excited for people to hear this show and please let everyone know where they can find you, where they can connect with you. Yeah. So I am always on the gram. That's where I hang out all the time at Joanna Voss, J-O-H-A-N-A-V-O-S-S.com, which is also my website. So if you're looking for more information on like influencer things and talent management, I do a lot of articles and content over there or come say hi in the gram because that's truly honestly like where I am all the time. <laughs> Here are the takeaways of Joanna's podcast. Number one, think about what you can bring to the person you're pitching instead of thinking of what's in it for you. Number two, creativity can be seen in many forms. Sometimes it's language. Sometimes it's writing an email. There's creativity everywhere. Number three, follow the breadcrumbs. Number four, look inward and trust yourself. Number five, consistency and resetting. Every time you fall, get back up. And number six, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. If you guys want to connect with Joanna, you can check out the show notes for the links or just follow her on Instagram like she said. If you're wondering what is that thing that Drea was talking about being part of her newsletter for quotes of the day monday through friday it is completely free i started this for fun with my friends and it ended up growing into an email list of people that really wanted to be a part of the quote of the days and basically all i do is i send you a quote every morning monday through friday it's just a way for you to start your day on the right foot and to open your email to something other than just your emails from your boss or things you have to do things you have to reply things you have to get going before you do all that, there's an email waiting for you to open up and get your mind on the right track. Start your day on the right foot. If this sounds like something you want to be a part of, you can check it out down below in the show notes or you can sign up www.drealopez.com. This does have the Ian e Lopez and you can sign up right there with a little pop-up that's going to show up. Or if you just want me to send you the link, you can DM me at Drea Lopez without the Ian e Lopez or at the Journey of Pursuit. I'll see you guys next time. Ciao!